Welcome to Worship Call with Bible teacher Buzz Lawback. Buzz is the pastor of Grace Chapel Bible Ministries located in Duncan, South Carolina. This ministry is dedicated to the verse-by-verse teaching of God's Word and discipleship programs aimed at strengthening the faith of God's people. Now here's today's message. This is the sixth day of the week in God's created order. The third day of November, 2023rd year of our Lord. This is Friday, the end of the week, and we begin this morning with our friend George Witten of WorthyNews.com. Friends, beware your thoughts. Oh my goodness, it's going to be a good one. And 2 Corinthians 10, 4-5, one of my favorite ones right here. And... Um, so, 2 Corinthians 10 through 4 through 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Imagine this scenario, says George. After a tiring day at work, you return home. Enter the living room and crash onto your couch. Thoroughly exhausted, suddenly your attention is captivated by a movement in the corner of the room. And to your shock, you spotted a rattlesnake. Do you say to yourself, oh, I'm tired, too worried about that now. I'll deal with it later. Of course not. You jump up right away, find a bat or something. Alert your family, call 911, call your neighbors, the fire department, the National Guard, and start praying with your might. It's a life-threatening situation. Though it may sound extreme, negative thoughts, which are lies opposed to God's truth and character, should be treated the same way when they enter our minds. We are immediately sensed our danger and raised to action. Take that thought captive and bring it under submission to the truth of God's word. These thoughts are as poisonous to our minds and souls as a rattlesnake bites or to our bodies. If we realize that danger, if we realize that danger, we'll be extremely vigilant to watch what we allow to sneak into our minds and remain there. Thoughts cannot be taken captive until they appear and are recognized. So, we need to watch them carefully and consider whether they're good and true or not. Bad thinking comes in many forms. Dangerous thoughts can be Obvious and easy recognized as sinful and evil and or destructive, lustful, vengeful, spiteful, and vain. Or they can be subtle, as snakes quietly lying in the background, like clever real rationalizations or spiritual pride. Whatever form they take is dangerous to our spiritual well-being. And this word from Paul exhorts us to deal with them on the spot, just as if a snake had entered the house. Friends, your mind is active and thinking during every waking hour, and also, of course, in your dreams. Developing a habit of watchfulness over your thinking is a challenging discipline 
that will change your life and protect your spiritual house. Knowing the Word of God is a tremendous help since the Word contains God's thoughts, which are the corrective for our bad and wrong thinking. So, pay attention. What was that my mind just told me? Is that true or good, blessed and holy? Or is it or is it a snake? Respond accordingly and respond fast. Your family in the Lord with much agape love, George Butrevka, Obadiah, Elena, and this is another fine day in the Lord. Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you for waking us up this morning. Thank you for your love, your grace, your mercy, your kindness. Thank you for what you do in our lives. Uh, thank you, Heavenly Father, for these messages of George speaking of fear. That that the thing and the many things that we fear, many things that we um, that we fail to even hold up in prayer that keep us hostage, keep us doing the things, keeping us taking the next step, take, keeping us from talking to somebody, locking our doors and 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 securing ourselves away from society because of fear. Now pray, Heavenly Father, that let us treat every thought and hold it captive to the obedience to, to Thee that, that we may not be hindered by what Satan puts before us, but may we keep pressing forward to the high ground of spiritual maturity. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Our study this morning, uh, we'll continue with Luke 18.1, and I'll, I'll go ahead and read this passage where we're at. All right, here we go. Hold on. Now, he was telling them a parable to show that at all times they ought to pray and not lose heart. Stop right there. Let's take a look at this word ought. And this ought is, in Luanida, to be something which should be done as a result of compulsion, whether internally as a matter of duty or external or external, which is law, custom, and circumstances, should, ought, to have to do. Okay, so this is an obligation. We're going to talk about prayer being an obligation this morning. What you ought to pray and not lose heart. And, um, take a look. Uh, and this, let's go ahead and look, look at Lou as well on this. Lou, um, Ekakeo. To lose one's motivation to, accom- uh, to accomplish some valid goal, to become discouraged, to lose heart, to give up. It's a good word. I'm glad I brought that one up. To not lose heart, to not get discouraged, to continue to press forward. Isn't that a good word? I like it. All right. Continue on. Verse 2. In a certain city, this is a parable that the Lord is, is, um, is telling. Parables are you know that there's a parable when there's no uh, no specific names of people or places. This is a a parable is that story that's cast down beside another story to to illustrate something. Okay, in a certain city there was a judge who did not fear God and did not respect man. There was a widow in the city, and she kept coming to him saying, "Give me legal protection from my opponent." For a while, he was unwilling, but afterwards, 
he said to himself, Even though I do not fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow bothers me, I will give her legal protection. Otherwise, but continually coming, she will wear me out. And the Lord said, Hear what the righteous judge said. Now, will not God bring about justice for his elect who cry to him day and night? And will he delay long over them? I tell you that he will bring about justice for them quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? You know, I, the first thoughts that captured me, captivated me about this this morning is the fact that uh, if, if prayer wasn't so important, there would be a, just a, we might have to look at a verse and, and dig into a, a whole passage and find a little thing about prayer. Boom, you know, a little thing. We'll pray. Make sure that you pray or, or, or give a little, give a little, um, what do you call it? A little, um, um, honorable mention, um, lost for word for that, but, but to give a little emphasis on throw a little bit here and there, but Jesus makes a big dissertation about prayer. And um often we, we think about the sorry about that, I had you over gain. Slow it down. Um now you have to turn it up a little bit. But um Jesus will give a little bit of a um the, he he emphasizes this. If it wasn't something we were supposed to do and um in in pulpit you hear that you know the the preachers sometimes in in prayer trying to shames you into into pray i I don't know if that's a a good thing to do or or what but um one of the things about prayer um and if you have trouble with it, I'll say out front if you have problems with prayer, you probably having problems with your spiritual life there's probably a deeper there's probably a deeper problem with uh, in in that aspect in in your in in your spiritual life, and um, uh, also recognize that. Uh, well, we'll just go on with it. But uh, so this is important. This is the point, the principle I want to bring up this morning. It's important, and I think that's an understatement. It's vitally important. It's it's our it's our ground coordination to our Heavenly Father to send down the artillery of grace and mercy um, and, and direct fire. And his own people are directing fire. There's so much we can say about prayer today. But let, uh, we're just going to deal mostly with the importance of prayer um, in this passage. Luke 18, 7. Now, Will not God bring about justice for his elect, for his chosen ones, who cry to him day and night? And day and night, when you, when you, in the scripture, when you see the two extremes, like at the very beginning, heavens and earth, that God created the heavens and the earth. What does that mean? It shows that both the extremes, all the things in heaven and all things on earth, he created them, all things. Day and night, means all the time. It means it means being consistent. From the time you wake up and the time you go to bed. Yes, we do have our, our prayer closets. But we can pray when we're driving, keep your eyes open on the road. But we can we can pray when we're 
speaking with someone and 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 praying for an opening for the gospel for this person or this stranger, what have you. But constantly connection. Uh, prayer keeps us constantly connected with the Lord above. So, and, and whatever our request is, we're not throwing something up, looking at it to be sticking to the ceiling, but we are consistently praying. So, now, will not God bring about justice for his elect who cry to him day and night? And will he delay long over them? So the question for you and I, when will we stop complaining about the things of this world and how bad it is here and how, how this is and how this person ought to be there or, 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 or we bellyache about this and that? And when were we going to stop and lay those things aside in the worries of the world and start hitting our knees and speaking to the Lord on these issues? So... Prayer, when we talk about prayer, prayer is for the priest. You and I are priests, don't we? I think it's Second Peter, either First Peter or Second Peter, tells us that we are royal priests. And we spoke about priest, uh, priesthood in Hebrews um, not too long ago. Hebrews 5, 1 through 3. Look at this. For every high priest taken from among men, is appointed on behalf of men and things pertaining to God in order to offer both gifts and sacrifice for sin. He can deal gently with the ignorant and misguided since he himself also is beset with weakness. And because of it, he is obligated to offer sacrifices for sins as for the people, so also for himself. We are priests. And he's talking about these priests, the Old Testament priests, but nevertheless, the priests are obligated. Let's look at this word obligated. And I think I remember it being a good word, and it's obligated. To be necessary or indispensable, that means you have to have it. With the implication of a contingency, must have to. It is necessary. Um, Ophelo. And so the priest is obligated. It's If you are a priest, and you are as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, prayer is not a good suggestion. It's not something you ought to do. It's something that you are obligated to do. And and praying, um, praying without ceasing. Um, it's... Let's look at the heart of, of a prophet. Let's look at the heart of a prophet of Samuel. Let's look at something here that we, we see in prayer where we, we're talking about the obligation of prayer here. Then all the people said to Samuel, um, Samuel, pray for your servants to the Lord your God so that we may not die. For we have added to all our sins this evil by asking ourselves for ourselves a king. Samuel said to the people, Do not fear. You have committed all this evil. Yet do not turn aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. All right. Stop right there. Our our persistent prayer. 
we can be judging one another. We can be looking down our nose. We can we can um, be shaking our heads and disgust as people in, in their sin. But once again, it's just like our worry. How much are we setting aside that judgment and going to our knees and praying for those that are walking in darkness? That their eyes might be open, that they might be forgiven. You see, they, they don't have a prayer outside of their their um, rebound. Uh, outside of their own confession, they don't have a prayer. Wives, when your husband is, is being a knucklehead, are you praying for your husband? Are you going to the Lord praying? Because he's out of fellowship. He doesn't have a prayer apart from confession. But he's got you that you can pray for him. And likewise, husbands for your wives. So, um, so when when so we as we as believer priests are praying. So this is what they're asking. The people are coming to Samuel. We pray, we've uh, intercede for us. Yes, they are repentant. You can argue that, but um, they are they they knew they screwed up pretty bad. Now they want Samuel to intercede for them. Okay, coming back to our passage. Samuel said to the people, "Do not fear. You have committed all this evil. Yet." Do not turn aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. You must not turn aside, for then you would go after futile things, which cannot profit or deliver, because they are futile. For the Lord will not abandon his people on account of his great name, because the Lord has been pleased to make you a people for himself. Moreover, as for me, look at this, Far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you, but will instruct you in the good and right way. Samuel saying, if I don't pray for you, I am in sin. If I fail, see, there, there is a certain failure of a believer priest when he sets aside his obligation to pray, to pray. This this parable is a fictional story. It illustrates a truth that Jesus uses to illustrate about a judge, wicked and selfish, as can be, and if he can, because of a constant and faithful nagging of this woman, grant her prayer. How much would a loving judge, our God and our Savior, give us an ear when we pray, not just pray and throw it up, but pray consistently that we have a, that we consistently call upon the Lord and speak with the Lord. It's a part of faithfulness. When we stop, when we pray one time for, for some something that's really upon our hearts, and we pray one time and we do not see a result of that prayer. How faithful are you in trusting are you that you say, well, God's not going to, I walk away and not pray anymore and walk away. Is that is that faithfulness? Or is that just saying, well, God may hear it, may not. Uh-uh. Like a little child, you continue. You continue to pray. So, and if you think that you can 
do not have enough to pray about? If it's that one thing, listen, if you, if you can't be consistent in prayer, pray on that one thing and continue. Continue to pray on that one thing, that two th- one or two things. And bring much time. Before you know it, your list is going to get filled up. And you're not going to have, you're going to need more time. You're going to need to be praying for time to pray. You're going to know what to pray about. So prayer is ground co- coordination. Think of it this way. We, uh, Tim, you and I would go out once a year out in 29 Palms for the CACs, combined arms exercises, where, where you have air support and, and, and you had the ground, the artillery, and you had the radio operators that would coordinate the, the, um, the operation and, and so you would co- coordinate the ground and the air and, and in, and it would be, um, let me describe it as a movie. Uh, one of our favorite movies is, uh, is We Were Soldiers. Now, if you watch that movie, you know, and you might miss it if you're not looking for it. But the key to that battle wasn't how more. You know, yeah, he was important. And so was that Sergeant Major. And 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 the, the officers that were leading the attack. But a key in the midst of all of them was the radio operator, and that op- radio operator was calling in artillery support, calling in the helicopters, directing them where to come, where where to that. He was the key to that operation, the, the coordination of everything that was going on. And at one part in the movie. They, uh, Hal Moore called Broken Arrow, and that uh, Broken Arrow would bring all the air support down upon that. And it was still that radio operator was coordinating the, the contact, uh, coordinating the airplanes. And one of the bombs came in, um, came in short, and that bomb blew up a number of of um, friendly people, his own people, and the, that radio operator. That radio operator became devastated. He began to lose it. But Hal Moore grabbed him, grabbed him and said, you're keeping us alive. You're keeping us alive now. You forget that one. Forget about that one. You keep them coming in. You're doing well. You're doing okay. And that's what we're doing in our prayer support. The prayer of a righteous man, a prayer of a righteous woman accomplishes much. We are his elect. He has, He hears us. And part of our faith is knowing that he hears us. And continue to coordinate the, the, um, our prayer life. There are people who are broken by sin. Broken by Satan. That yes, by volitional means that they allowed themselves to be broken. That the, the defenses were down. He was able to court. He was able to move in. But in turn, fight that fight on behalf of others, consistently praying for others. So are we keeping, are we continuing our rounds, uh, our coordination of God's grace coming in in his mercy for others? So if you add just a casual reading, 
of the Bible, and it tells us to keep in prayer. Yes, repeated prayer. Don't give up on a prayer. You don't hear nothing. You don't, you don't see nothing right away. It doesn't matter. It says here, be consistent. You let God answer it in such a way until the Lord in some way, form, or fashion makes it known, like to, to Paul, when, you know, when he finally let Paul says, you've got to stop praying for this one because my grace is sufficient for you. And then when God sufficiently answers that prayer, also know this, it's been answered. It's been answered. Move on. You can put a check in that box and move on. Don't keep praying because you don't like the answer. But when you recognize that God has answered that prayer for you, then move on. Then you can stop pestering him. All right? Uh, there's an, uh, in another, going back in Luke, there's another uh Another parable that the Lord uh, speaks, another illustration. Let's go to Luke 11.5. Then he said to them, suppose, this is Jesus speaking, suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me from a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And from inside, he answers and says, Do not bother me. The door has already been shut, and my children and I are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will get up, and give him as much as he needs. So, I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and he who seeks, finds, and to him who knocks, it will be opened. Now, suppose one of one of you fathers is asked by a son for a fish. He will not give him a snake, will he? Uh, instead of a fish, will he? Or, if you... Then, um, or if asked for an egg, he will not give you a scorpion, will he? If you are being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask of him? Prayer is necessary in the life of the believer. Here it is for these disciples. And they're getting ready to go out. And... When Lord is Lord is getting ready to depart this world, to go back to the Father and and the foundation and teachings of these disciples, they're going to go through a lot, and they've got a, a formidable task of laying the foundation of the earth. They are going to be sifted like wheat by the devil. They are going to have to be um, motivated in prayer. That's going to be one of their prime directives. So your work and my work is no less important. Praying for the sick, both physically and spiritually sick, for lives to be changed, for the building up of spiritual lives, that we might help others. Praying for ourselves, um, intercession for other petitions for ourselves. 
So how much do you love freedom? How much, how much are you standing on the post, standing on post and being watchful? Because there's much evil out there. For us, and you might be living in a, in a, in a place that, uh, you're, you're seeing your freedom collapse. You need to be praying. So, how much are we simply standing on hopelessness? Rather than taking it to the one who has the power over all things. Coordinating the prayer. And and once again, not praying, just throwing it up. But continually praying. And incidentally, prayer may be for our benefit, but it's also a, a euangelion, a blessing to God, a, a glorification to God. talked a lot about pestering and that judge may have been pestered but God's not pestered God is not burdened I, I think of King Azararis Esther's husband and Esther coming in and the king from this throne says my dear what is your quest up to half the kingdom I will give to you. And I think of our Lord and how, how Azararis loved Esther that much. How much more does the Lord love you and I? First Thessalonians 5.16 says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. How do you pray without ceasing? That's even when you're coming out of your prayer closet. Yet you're still on your heart speaking to God. This is what it means to pray without ceasing. You're not always on your on your knees, but in every circumstance, you're praying to the Lord. You're constantly connected with the Lord in everything, giving thanks for this is the is God's will for you. In the Old Testament, there was two times with the temple. In, at the temple, there were two times a day when people would come to pray. They would come to pray in the morning and they would come to pray in the afternoon, late in the afternoon. And in that prayer, the priest, the appointed priest at the time, they would go into the temple and the um, and he would put incense on the on the inc- on the uh, within the holy place. The he would put incense, burning incense, and, in, and that that aroma would go up, and that would be the picture of the aroma of the prayers being carried up to God. Psalm one forty one two. May my prayer be counted as incense before you, and lifting up of my hands as an evening offering. And Revelation five eight, when he had taken the book. The four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each one holding a harp and holding bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Looking at this verse right here, how how much in in this bowl, how much in these bowls are our prayers? 
Do we have any prayers in these bowls? How much prayer? A little bit. Do we have any prayers at all? Do we have a little bit of prayer? Do we have a lot of prayers? You see, the Lord is not pestered. The Lord is not burned. But our prayers going up to him is a pleasing aroma. Something he loves. Something he appreciates. Jesus loved the Father. He loves the Father. And so by telling us about prayer and communicating prayer to us, he's telling us, how do I demonstrate my love for the Father? Many of us are still trying to work and and gain the approbation of God through our works. We're ignoring prayer. We're ignoring Bible study. We're saying, well, we're, we're functional legalism, purely on legalism and saying my good works is pleasing to God. Where do you read that at? Well, well, there are works, but not my dead works that's going to please God. But what pleases God the most is that, that soothing, that aroma going up, which is our prayers. Father in heaven, thank you for another day. Thank you for the privilege that we have and the obligation to be able to lift our prayers up to Thee. May we become prayer warriors. May we spend time in our prayer closet. May we have a prayer closet that we spend time. Let us turn off the distractions in our lives each day and set time off each day. And spend time with thee and and commune with thee, talking with you, bringing up our intercessions, bringing our petitions. We recognize, Heavenly Father, that you are a person. You're not just a doctrine, you're not just a theology, but you're a person that we can speak to. And you you are our God, our omniscient, our all powerful, our loving all these attributes, God, how can we not, how can we fail to to lift up our prayers to thee? All kinds of prayers. Because you love us. We are your elect and you hear us. Let us recognize our obligation and let us come to that obligation with joy. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. All right. Another fine day in the Lord. Keep your armor on. Keep fighting the good fight of faith. Our service begins at 11 on the Lord's Day. Um, and I hope you're with us. Uh, you are more than welcome. And um, what else? Anything this weekend? Okay. All right. I want you to have a great weekend. Enjoy it. Um, stay warm. It's getting cold out there. So um, we will see you Sunday. Thank you for joining us. You can hear this message again, as well as previous lessons, and get notes by visiting us online at www.gchapel.org.